Good day, everyone, and welcome to The Portal, a platform which exists to evoke conversations about God and spirituality among believers and non-believers alike. Each week, I attempt to answer what it means to be young and madly in love with God. In this episode, I will be speaking about a recent encounter I had with God through worship and how that encounter reminded me of God's nature. I am your host, Asimathe, the aspiring human rights attorney, natural hair enthusiast, bookworm, and lovesick spirit for God. You can follow me on Instagram at Azi underscore Mahle, which is A-double-Z-I underscore M-A-H-L-E. And you can like my profile on Facebook at Asimahle Mgai. This is episode nine of season one of The Portal. My goodness, guys, I am so excited that I am on episode nine of the season. This is our second last episode for season one. Oh, my gosh. Like, this has been really incredible, but also has been teaching me so much that I want to implement in season two and obviously opening up episode 10 to you guys i will be putting up after the posting of episode nine which is going to be on friday at 1 p.m as usual after the posting of that i'll be putting up a few questions on my instagram um i will see if i can do the same uh for facebook and for those of you who have access to me on whatsapp i will try to put up questions there on what we can do for episode 10 because i feel as if season one was a time where I was still trying to find my feet not only in this podcast but with God and so I had very little to no engagement with the audience in terms of hearing what you guys would like to hear on the platform. One thing I remember wanting to do and that drove me to answer the task that God gave me was asking questions because for me as a believer it has been a lot of questioning questioning around especially how I as a young person sort of continue to go after God and seek God but also have a life which I feel is fulfilling and which I can explore things out of the church and so in season two that's what I'm going to try to do mostly where I pose questions and we just sit and have those conversations which we usually aren't given the space to have in the church right so I will put up those questions um as they come and I'll put them on my Instagram and Facebook so keep a look out for those um from Sunday at least after you guys have gotten some time to listen to this episode so um I'm always excited to share 
encounters with God on this podcast and with people around me because, you know, I believe in the power of hearing something. And once you hear about an encounter someone has had with God, it really pushes your desire. And I feel as if desire is one of the main components which gives encounters to God. And it really thrills me to be able to play such a role in someone's desires for encounters with God because I believe in the world as much as we are individuals, we exist in communities where we can inspire people and have an effect on them just by being ourselves. I view encounters with God as an experience which reveals who God is for me. Like with my first encounter, I felt God hug me and it revealed that he still loved me and that he accepted my request of reconciliation with him 10 months ago. I think encounters with God can happen literally anywhere because God is everywhere. And I've never really sat to look if my encounters have a pattern of sorts. Um, as much as that would be a good place of exploration, I also want to just leave it up to my imagination to see the encounters with God. So this specific encounter, it was nothing major. I was in the house and um, I was just going through music channels, right, um, on DSTV. And I was going through the music channels. And as I was going through the music channels, I found nothing very interesting to listen to. So I went on to One Gospel. And they were having uh, their uh, one of their playlists, their top 10 playlists, right? And when I, I got onto one gospel, Tasha Corbs was performing. I don't know what song uh, she was performing, but she was um, performing a song. And at some point in the song, towards the end, she then says that there's this thing that God does with her when she worships, that she'll be worshiping him and he will sing back to her. And I got goosebumps from that. And as she was performing the song, she says something along the lines of God sang to her saying that he sees her, he loves her, he, hear, he hears her, right? And while I was listening to Tasha Corbs say these, say these things, I heard God in that moment say, remember me. And I really wondered to myself, what did God mean? What did God mean that I must remember him? And I think that's the thing about encounters. It doesn't matter how big or how small they may seem to us as 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 human beings and within our intellectual capacity but they have an effect right so later on i then 
I'm sitting and I'm thinking about this because I was shaken. <laughs> I wasn't planning on worshipping. I wasn't planning on praising. I just stumbled on this by mistake. And God says to me, remember me. And I'm thinking to myself, remember me. And one of the things which was very profound for me was that I'd been struggling to hear God speak after I recorded the po- the podcast titled Faith Amidst the Storm. And I was condemning myself. But this condemnation didn't come from after the podcast. It was a condemnation which I had been feeling since I started my walk with God. And... Each time I didn't pray or I didn't read the Bible during my designated hour of fellowship, I felt as if God was quiet because I was slacking in my consistency. And the truth is that I can't know why he stopped talking to me if I don't ask him. I can't know what he was thinking if I don't ask him. And then there, in that moment, after a week and a few days of not hearing his voice, I heard his voice and he said to me to remember him. He said to me to remember him. Like, I sat there and I was just thinking to myself how precious and how amazing to have chosen those words. Remember me. That's all he wanted from me. To remember him. <sighs> and in a conversation earlier this week, I was speaking to a friend of mine. And I was speaking to her about condemnation but condemnation with specific scenarios in my life. And she led me to a verse, which is Romans chapter 2, verse 1. And I'll read it in the NIV. It says, You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. And this echoed very true for me when I read this because a few months ago I had been in my healing journey, been sort of dealing with an aspect of myself which I've ran away from for a really long time. And it was an aspect of myself where I was very hypercritical of myself. Thus, I was hypercritical of others. And obviously, that came out as judgment as well. So I needed to sit with myself and I needed to think to myself, why was this happening? How had this happened? And Basically, it just boiled down to the fact that that's what I was doing to myself. I was judging my actions. I was condemning 
my actions. I was putting down my actions, my thoughts. And obviously, if you're doing that to yourself, then that is the treatment you would naturally give other people. And so when I read the scripture, how I interpreted it is that in order not to feel any condemnation, I need to begin by stopping to judge myself. Only when I stop judging myself can I have the ability to stop judging other people. Therefore, condemnation falls away. For me, condemnation and judgment came as a result of shame. It came as a result of aspiring to do certain things but falling short and then beating myself up for it and every time thinking about that specific thing, feeling shame. And the God that I know, the God that said, remember me, the God that hugged me on my first encounter with him, I don't think he's the God to make me want to feel guilt, to make me want to feel shame when I think about serving him. Because that was a block for me, really. Condemnation was a huge block for me because now when I would want to do things, my ego would take center stage and would tell me false narratives like the fact that because I was not consistent, I would not reach my goal. Because I was not consistent, that's why God is not speaking to me. Because I was not consistent, I will not go further in my walk with God. And I needed to stand up. I needed to stand up and say no to my ego and say no to the false stories that it was telling me and to look at the word. And because the word says that we have no excuse for us who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. It makes us, I think, look at compassion in a very interesting way where we look at compassion for ourselves and we look at compassion for other people as well. Where you understand in your head and see that, yes, there are going to be times where you're going to fall short, but that doesn't make you less than. That doesn't make you not enough that doesn't make you unworthy for God because when God to me was saying remember me I was just like whoa remember me because when I remember God I think of his love and so if I'm remembering him I need to think of his love and I don't think God's love has condemnation in it I don't so as I was struggling with this condemnation, right, and as I had mentioned that I had been struggling it with it for my entire journey, 
um, over the last 10 months. But over the week of not hearing God speak, it really, 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 really intensified. Because now I was looking at all the things that I had recently done where I was condemning myself for not remaining consistent in worship. I was condemning myself for being angry at God, for not coming through to me when I needed him to come through for me. Condemning myself for drinking alcohol after I had vowed against it in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Condemning myself for still wanting more tattoos despite how they had been shunned by other church members. During that encounter where God was saying to me, remember me, I realized that condemnation didn't bring me closer to God. It didn't. <laughs> it really didn't. It actually clouded me and was all I could focus on. Because every time when I thought about my Bible, every time when I thought about prayer, every time when I thought about the idea of faith, I would be clouded by the things, the places where I have fallen short. And I would focus on that. I would focus on that. I would focus on that. It made me feel really terrible about myself. And I had gotten to the point where I was saying and I was believing that I couldn't come to God like this and that I had to fix myself first before I came before him, before I came back to worship him, before I came back to fellowship with him. I needed to fix it. I needed to fix it. Then this encounter happens and it was as if God was stepping to the center of my condemnation and he was saying to me, he will always have, he always has, and he always will love me in whatever state I am. Whether I'm a mess, whether I'm dealing with condemnation, whether I am the best worshiper, whether I am super obedient to him. And for me, I think that speaks volumes because I was ridden in condemnation and exuding judgment towards other people. And he said with this encounter, yes, even as you do that, I still love you. And I was very much inspired by that because I had been struggling with this idea of coming to God to allow him to fix things, to walk with you through things. I had been extremely uncomfortable with that. But I feel as if this encounter reminded me that I can come to God. I can come to God. I can come to God with whatever I can come to God. I can come to God. I can come to God. I think it makes me think of the book of Genesis. After Adam and Eve had eaten the apple, they go and they hide. 
and God comes and God says, Adam, where are you? And I think in that scripture, I see a God who is trying to establish that type of bond, that type of relationship with his children, where he is saying, even when you mess up, even when you don't have it all figured out, come, come to me. I don't just want you when you're happy. I don't just want you when you've got everything figured out. I want you when you're feeling that condemnation towards yourself. I want you when you're feeling that judgment towards other people. I want you when you feel like you were a mess. Let me love you like that. Let me love you in that state. And, you know, knowing that God is at the center and can come into the center of my condemnation and say that he loves me. For me, I feel as if this doesn't mean that there's no work to be done. No, it doesn't mean that there's no work to be done in terms of dealing with the condemnation I felt. It simply means that God is saying to me that he is the carpenter. That he is the builder, that he is the maker. But he can only use the material which I give him. Because God is not forceful. The God I know will not force his way into, his, into your heart. He knocks. He knocks. He knocks until you allow him to come in. But I really love that about God and I feel as if during this encounter he reminded me of his eternal love and that he loves me because he loves me he doesn't love me because he's expecting something in return he doesn't love me because he's expecting me to deal with everything on my own that's why he's there that's why we call him almighty that's why we say he's seated on the throne because he has dominion over everything and i needed to just give up that control that i felt i needed to have over my life and give it to him and be like god this is the work I have done in terms of dealing with the condemnation I was feeling. This is the work I've done in terms of dealing with the judgment that I was feeling. God, please walk with me in this. God, please guide me through this. God, please heal, fix the places where my hands can't reach. For me, God reminds me of a trusted loved one. You know that person when you know that when, when things are going down, when your life feels like it's falling apart, but also when your life is going together and that person that you think of and you want to share the news first with, that person that you can speak to about anything and everything and you know you won't be judged I think of God like that.
and I'm starting to embrace thinking of him like that. But I think what makes him cooler and more special is that he has the overshadowing power to help you through the struggle, to reach his hand where yours can't go, to heal and solve problems you struggled with and love you consistently throughout the process, love you through it all. I believe God wants to be in our lives. I believe he wants to be in each and every one of our lives and that he wants to help us to develop develop into the people that he has always envisioned develop into the people which we have come to him and saying and said god this is who i want to be this is how i want to grow this is my place of innovation here but he can only do that when you let him i think he's gentle in that manner and of course, me saying that he's loving and he's gentle and he's not forceful is not a manner to try and simplify who God is. Because I know he's enormous. I think he understanding him is beyond our intellectual capacity. But the fractions of him which we do understand are the ones that I believe are the most personal. And for me, that's who he is. He's very soft and he's very gentle and he's very, very loving. So that's the God. That's the God I know. But obviously there are people who know him as someone else. They know him as a warrior. They know him as a giver of gifts. They know him like Tasha Corpse as a worshiper, a person who will worship with you, to you, sing to you while you are singing to him. So our, our versions and our revelations of who God is are different. And I think those need to be embraced because God is so humongous that we can never, we can never simplify who he is. Never simplify who he is. I'd just like to take this moment to lead us in a prayer. If we can all just close our eyes and bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace on this wonderful day, bringing forth your children before you from wherever that they're listening, in whatever state they're listening. And God, in this prayer, we are just asking to remember you. To remember our first encounter with you. To remember our first revelation of you. To shut out what is happening. To shut out the things that make us feel heavy. Like condemnation and judgment and guilt and shame. But God, as we shut them out and we do the work in order to heal them, God, we ask 
and we surrender that power to you to heal us in ways that we would never be able to heal ourselves. God, as we stand here today, as we listen from where we are listening from, God, we acknowledge who you are in our lives. And we ask that in this season, in this time, let that revelation of who you are become true and true to us. God, as young people, as old people, as people in general, we are consistently growing and we are learning new things. God, in our growth, in our learning, let us not forget you. As Lord, we become more and more of ourselves. Lord, let us be reminded that you are not the God who will make us feel guilt. You are not a God that will make us feel shame. You are not a God that will make us feel judgment or condemnation. That, that when we feel these emotions, oh God, that we're able to come to you, lift our hands and say, Dad, walk with me through this. Dad, walk with me through therapy as I deal with this. God, walk with me through my journaling process as I deal with this. And then, Dad, please reach your mighty hands into the deepest parts of my soul, my spirit and my mind and my body that cannot be healed by my activities that cannot be healed by anything as much as I try, that only need and that desire you. God, as we develop who we are and we walk into our truth and what it means to be our truest self, God, please give us that assurance and give us that affirmation that we are becoming who you wanted us to be. We are starting to look like what you, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ were talking about in Genesis. Where you said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. God, as we become more and more of ourselves, let us remember first and foremost that we are a product of you. That we are a product of you. We were created in your likeness and we created in your image. God, let us remember that parental bond that we have with you, that we can always come. And God, most importantly, let us remember that you love us in whatever state. You loved us, God, before we accepted you. You loved us, God, as sinners. You love us, God, right now as we are covered by the, the blood of Jesus, as we are living a life through grace. You are still loving us and you will continue to love us because that is who you are a God of eternity who loves in eternity. Lord, whenever 
We are feeling challenges in our walks with you. Let us remember that one fact. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that was, wow, that was such a, such a deep prayer for me, but also such a very personal one. But I felt very connected um, to people around the world, especially young people. I think we're trying to find ourselves, but not just young people. I think all people are trying to find themselves too. People who have lived on this earth for a long time are beginning to really work through the layers of their being and looking at who they are and what their true voice is. My favorite worship song at the moment is Love is a Miracle by Merverick City Music featuring Majesty Rose and Brie. I really love this song. I really love worship songs that speak to my walk with God. And this one in particular does it so beautifully. I think it's the chorus that says, Now I've got beautiful ashes. I've got joy for morning. And I've got praise for heaviness. Love is a miracle. And then at the end, I think Bree says, And I've got mercies in the morning. And I've got rivers ever flowing. And I've got freedom and I'm dancing. Love is a miracle. And I feel like that song is so true because God's love for me is a miracle. When I looked at myself and I looked at the things that qualified me for God's love, the only thing that qualified me was the miracle. The miracle of sending his son, the miracle of grace, the miracle of the blood of Jesus over my life. Thank you, everybody, so, so, so much um, for listening to uh, The Portal. Until next week, goodbye and God bless you all.